0: Hello! Welcome to Episode 7 of Sharpest Knives Podcast. I'm Maris Antolin, and my guest for Episode 7 is Ellen McGivern. So Ellen and I did our master's programs together at Seattle U. Ellen is a curator, and her most recent project is called Assembly. Assembly is an artistic collaboration between dancer and choreographer Jordan McIntosh-Hugham, ceramicist Hanako O'Leary, and curator Ellen McGivern. It, utilizing an empty South Seattle apartment, assembly is part artist residency, part playhouse, where artists are encouraged to experiment, practice, and perform. So Jordan has adapted their a previous work that they've been working on in, in a few iterations for the past year or so, I think it's been a little over a year, um, called Bad, 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 and um, their, their performances at Assembly are entitled Bad Tour Now, and there are two performances coming up this Sunday, September 22nd, one at 7.30 p.m. and one at 8.30 p.m. The location of Assembly is close to the Othello stop on the Link Light Rail train, and the actual location is um, because it's not in a traditional gallery space. It is in an, an apartment building and um, it's a little punk rock. So the best way to, um, to stay up to date on where Bad Tour Now and Assembly is, are happening is to find the Bad Tour Now Facebook event. You can find a link to it on the Sharpest Knives website um, under the under the episode post for Ellen, episode 7. Or I will also be sharing it on social media. Um, so you can find that event there. I'm so excited to present this episode with my friend Ellen. We talk about rituals and art-making processes, how connecting with other humans through art can rub can remedy feeling bummed out in our modern bum bummer world and (laughs) why you should show up for artists and go see more art and of course we talk about assembly and ellen explains the ideas behind the project so here it is episode seven sharpest knives let's go Hello, welcome to Sharpest Knives podcast. I'm here today with Ellen McGivern. So, here's Ellen's bio. Ellen McGivern is drawn to work focused on process, research, ritual, and vulnerability. Growing up in Kansas, McGivern became fascinated with the Prairie Printmakers, a collective founded a collective founded pre-World War II that examined her home state with an emphasis in working with community and self-promotion similar values that are embedded in her curatorial practice. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Journalism from the University of Kansas, and Ellen was in my MFA cohort of, in Arts Leadership um, at Seattle University, Just this, we just finished in June. Um, beginning in Marketing and Communications at 108 Contemporary, a fine craft gallery space in Tulsa, Oklahoma. McGivern has progressed her career career towards curation, residency management, art criticism through opportunities at the Hadreen Gallery, the the contemporary performance space on the boards, and as a residence in the Black Embodiment Studio, an art writing incubator and and lecture series in collaboration with the Jacob Lawrence Gallery and the University of Washington. Ellen, Welcome to my show. Thanks, friends. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here today. Thanks for having me. So, jumping right in, what what is what's something that or what are things that are have been left out of your bio or things that you, you know, like can't dive deeper into in a
1: paragraph long bi biography? Sure. Um so like you mentioned after I graduated from KU, I started working in arts administration, different capacities in nonprofit gallery spaces and museums and uh, primarily working in marketing communication. So living on Facebook and Twitter, <laughs> which is a fun place to be for so long. Um, so, Kind of wanting more out of my career, I started working in more of artist professional development capacities. So mm-hmm. I started program managing a project called Delve that was for local artists in my community to just gain some different educational insights um, mm-hmm. in terms of marketing communications or grant writing, um, preparator tips, or like how to even package your artwork correctly to send oh gosh, off yeah, to other locations. Yeah, yeah so it's just. Um, and that I, was in Kansas? That was actually in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, so oh. I moved down to Tulsa after I graduated from k mm-hmm. u. Um, my sister lived there, and I visited several times and noticed that there was kind of a emerging art scene that's uh, was occurring at the time and mm-hmm. is now really a blossoming as I've left. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was working uh, there for almost two and a half years before I moved out here for school. Got it,
0: yeah, great. Um, can you give me, so you gave a little bit of context to like arts administrative background mm-hmm. um, and it sounds like Delve was really a project that made you more interested in um, like, how do, what am I trying to say? Delve sounds like it was a project that made you more interested in assisting artists mm-hmm. and assisting them not only in a communications and marketing capacity, but in like a potentially a curatorial capacity or helping them with like actual skills or assisting them with anything they might need. Mm -hmm. Um, and so would, can you just give me more context? Yeah, Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) Um, so I am very fortunate to be friends with several artists. So, um, (laughs) I am not a maker. Um, I have enjoyed taking courses in the past, but, um, I'm a little too hard on myself. So (laughs) I enjoy assisting and facilitating and coordinating and working with creative minds to make sure that their projects are successful. Um, And thankfully, I feel like the curatorial practice is, is an extension of an artistic practice as well. So, um, yeah working and talking and having amazing conversations with artists has really inspired me to like what is of need what do artists um, what are they missing out on Um, especially given like the creative labor wage cap and Mm -hmm. how so many artists I know are hustling in so many different capacities Uh, you know it's I would like to be assistance to them so that's kind of what got me to some of the projects I wanted to talk to you about today Mm -hmm. and yeah cool
0: okay a question came up that I didn't write down beforehand sure so, oh like, yeah yeah um I we're throwing we're saying the word curatorial a lot and I want to know like how you define that word hmm. because it's not a word it's not like it's not really a common word and and you know so
1: yeah um I look at it in a pretty holistic way and I think that has to do with mentorship that I've been that I've been really fortunate to receive especially the past two years um, specifically like working with the Hadreen um, Molly Mack, who's the curator there and then mm-hmm. Rachel Cook who's the artistic director on the boards. They taught me so much about being of service to artists and how the word curator is more uh it's it emphasizes like nurturing and relationship building. Um and so instead of I like to focus on the relationship and the engagement element that comes with curatorial practice and social practices mm-hmm. um than I am about like criticizing work or over yeah. analyzing work or um Yeah, so I'm much more focused on being of service and accessibility. So how do I get your voice or how do I get your story out there for more people to receive and experience? That's what I'm more focused on.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I I just think that sometimes we get bogged down by words like that Mm -hmm. where I'm like, oh, I know, like, or I see that word used so much. Where it's like, oh, it's a curated show. But really what it means is like someone just like was like, oh, I like that. And I like that, and I like that, and you're going to be in my show, and you're not going to be in oh, my show, and well, you are. You I, I hope
1: it's a little bit more. Cal- I hope it's a little bit more calculated than that, <laughs> <laughs> But I, I see. But yes, as someone who maybe hasn't curated things, um, yeah, it is a lot of you know comparison of themes, comparisons of mediums, what complements one another mm-hmm. on like a. You know, personality level, like, are these people going to work well together? Yeah. Um, Am I going to work well with them? Um, So, yeah, I have been really fortunate to have some really amazing role role models and people that just gifted me with so much of their time and energy about how they curate shows and what they value. Yeah. And thankfully, a lot of them have been focused on social issues, um, POC individuals, artists, women artists, um, artists are femme-identifying artists, non-binary folks. So um, I feel like I've just learned a lot from them and want to continue that work because I find it extremely important and relevant right now.
0: Yeah. Was that work that you were interested in before you decided to get your master's? Or, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. I honestly knew what I didn't want to do <laughs> before <laughs> I knew what I wanted to do. As yeah. silly as that sounds, I, don't um, think so. I definitely like had the undergraduate experience where I was like learning so much and um, having this art history background and getting so involved with the school, um, but then like didn't really know what I would do after that. Um right. So that's kind of how journalism got brought into my life. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I can translate this into many different sectors, not just the arts um, or the humanities or what have you. Um, But then I was like, no, actually, that's like all I want to do is (laughs) um, be around artists and be around culture workers and um, having continue these conversations through visual art making. Um, That is like truly my passion and uh, it kind of, I'm not going to lie, I don't know about you, but like the internet can be kind of soul sucking. (laughs) And when you're like on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, which as much as, I mean, it's a resource and it's a channel for art make, for uh, artists right now. That's amazing and, um, very useful, but it also can be kind of a bummer. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And also kind of like a distraction.
1: Oh, completely. Too. It,
0: as much as it can be used as a tool and a resource and a like a way for artists to like disseminate their art and ideas, it mm-hmm. is so it can be so time consuming. Mm-hmm. And it definitely isn't the end all be all yeah. Of how to be successful or, like, how to get people's eyeballs on your art, you know?
1: I will say, though, one of the things I really do enjoy... I'm <laughs> going to give the internet a thumbs up for just a second. Um, <laughs> having, um Having uh, access to artists in such an intimate capacity is really amazing. Um, We don't value it as much as we should, Um, but I do really enjoy, I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm a studio voyeur, like, I want to be in your space, I want to see you work, I want to see your mood board, Um, you know, I want to see what's going on up there, and Instagram specifically. You know, allows you to kind of have access this intimacy that comes with art making Mm -hmm. and this uh, the ritual that is art making, which is something that I'm really fascinated with, and how we value certain rituals in certain sectors, um, but not for the creative arts. Mm -hmm. Um, So I find that really interesting and how the internet is contributing to that conversation. It should be yeah. noted and it should be appreciated, but also like, what are we doing at the same time? <laughs> it's a double-edged Yeah, story. I know. Yeah. It's weird. 2019, man. The future know, is now. it's scary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, we talked a little bit about your curatorial, curatorial work. Shoot. Um, what connections do you see between your marketing and con- communications work and journalism work and your curatorial work and the kinds of projects and people you're working with now?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. Um I've noticed too because I am a Midwesterner and living out <laughs> here in the Pacific Northwest. Um I definitely think there's just a difference in how we interact with one another and specifically in uh, Oklahoma and Kansas where I've lived primarily art is kind of something you go to it's not something that you're like entrenched with necessarily and I don't know if that's just because of the opportunities available to individuals or how it's kind of like a spectacle within the community like a first Friday event or um, you know Uh, summer festivals or something like that. Uh, I feel like in Seattle it's more permeated into the day-to-day lives of a lot of people, but in a lot of ways it's also very siloed. So it's like either you're a visual arts person and you're kind of just doing the gallery thing, or you're a performance arts or dancer and you're kind of doing your own thing. There's not a lot of inner Locking And there's not a ton of collaboration that I've witnessed or I've seen. I may be completely wrong. And I might not be, like, in those really dope circles. Like, call me if that's happening. Um, But I'm sure there is. It's just I'm not tapped into that all the way. And uh, I feel like with the other locations that I've lived in, um, it's a lot more individual. Um, But, yeah, I'm more interested in people working in collaboration with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always something I try to seek out. Yeah
0: because like marketing and communications work is a little bit more separated. Yeah. And so you're int- you're saying that you're interested in working directly with people. Mhm. Yeah, and I... also I mean yeah and so you are segueing into my next question which is the differences between Kansas um and your experiences working in museums and with museum and gallery curators there and um what like differences
1: and similarities are you mm-hmm. see here in washington yeah i think um i'm gonna just like over back a little bit more to just mm-hmm. like my interest which is ritual and i yeah. think that honestly really started within when i was working at 108 contemporary because of the fine craft medium that i was uh working with mm-hmm. so with craft work specifically it's very meditative it's you know, you're, you're on a loom, you're on a wheel. There's, um, there's time and attention that come yeah. with these uh, mediums more so than maybe others. Um, more so or, than painting, you uh, mean? Um, maybe that's a big, that's a real, that's a generalized step sure. Let me, let okay. me, let okay. me revert for a second. Okay. Okay. Um, there's something that is extremely, um, visceral, I guess is a good word to say. There's like the body is in motion and it is all encompassing within certain craft mediums. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of cultural and spiritual significance to a lot of craft based, uh, mediums Mm -hmm. and there's utilitarian purposes for craft. Um, so blankets, ceramics, wood, you know, a table, um, those things aren't seen as art. Those that's a lower rung of the art totem pole, or if, yeah. or if you will, or um, it's it's not seen as high art primarily. There are certain people and there are certain spaces where it is, um, but it uh, I've noticed that it's not taken as seriously in certain. Places, but I think specifically with an art criticism as well and art writing. There's not a ton of writing that goes on about craft artists um, mm-hmm. or people that identify as such. Um, with here, uh, with Washington and the Seattle area, I have kind of been fortunate enough to be around performance a lot and there's a lot of similarities i see within the performative natures of craft based work and using the body to produce material Oh, that's so interesting um so with whether it's dance whether it's monologuing um the similarities between the two i see Mm -hmm. very evidently and If anything, I think using the body as the medium is probably one of the most, like, accessible and democratic ways to make art, just because we all have our own abilities and stories that come with ourselves Mm -hmm. um, that I find, like, really beautiful and very touching and vulnerable. (laughs) <laughs> Which I love. Um, yeah. So, yeah, those are kind of the similarities I see. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to, like, kind of take little nuggets from each place I've lived and yeah. elaborate on what I find is important and beautiful.
0: Yeah. I love that idea of the the ritual of what you're making with your body. And whether it's something that exists outside yourself, like a blanket Or if it's something that exists within yourself, like movement that you are creating and executing with your own body. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: find it beautiful as well. (laughs)
0: Um, So you you said, you mentioned that you yourself are not a maker. But I'm still going to ask you. Because... Even though you may, might not be a maker in the way we're talking about, like, you, you're you not a dancer, you're not... Well, you're not a an artist who, like whose, like, work is on display, prominent. Like, I don't know how to say it. Of course it is, because you're, like, helping artists. Mm-hmm. You're a facilitator. But you, as a facilitator, still have a process. And mm-hmm. because you're entrenched in art, it's still an artistic process. So what is your favorite part of your own artistic process?
1: Um, Talking. (laughs) I know that sounds silly. I know that sounds very simple, but I really like talking and listening to artists about why they make and how they make. And, um, it makes me feel, um, I don't know. I feel like I just have amazing conversations with artists about their work. And we end up, you end up just finding similarities with people that you never thought you would have by Mm -hmm. just discussing the the thing that makes them click and makes their world worthwhile. And um, I really find that extremely sacred and uh, very important. And I think that, I don't know. I think, we don't really sit around and talk that much anymore too. So I'm just going to shit on technology right now. Like this is where I go in. but I think it's true, especially talking about like comparing like locations. Like yeah, I'm part of the problem too. It's not just me, but like I'm walking down the street and everyone's on their phone. Everyone has their headphones on. There's, mm-hmm. there's such a disconnect in terms of the human experience that I feel like art, especially art that's made with bodies. Um, And using the body as the art, um, is just, it's, it roots me back to reality in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and it makes me reconsider things makes perspectives change and, uh, tells me things that I never knew before, um. And about people that I think are great, too. So yeah. that's, like, also nice. I, I feel like I've been really fortunate that the people that I know that are making art and that I've engaged with and have enjoyed their art, I've, I'm becoming friends with them. Mm-hmm. And that's... Or, or are friends with them now. Right. And so that's been such a cool experience. And I feel really great that I have people that trust me and... Right. That's a big um, value favorite. my own opinions. And yeah. even though I d- I'm not a maker, like you said, it's... I just have a lot of respect on uh, putting yourself out there and telling your stories and being weird and being gross and <laughs> um, just letting it all hang out and dealing with it and taking it and making more art out of that. Yeah. Um. The, the life cycle of art yeah. making with an artist's life is really interesting to me. Yeah, and
0: it's it's uh to use words that you used it's visceral it's vulnerable it's um it's cathartic it's mm-hmm. like connecting for me for me personally as well like making real connections with human beings is like a way to not get bummed out or, or yeah. like cope with being bummed out totally and um before we were recording we were talking about how art helps with that too so mm. the combination of connecting with humans and connecting with humans over the like our shared vulnerability and our shared vulnerability through art making mm-hmm. is like a whole ball of like sunshine yeah <laughs> totally
1: yeah, yeah no and I, I was going to say like the next level of my quote unquote practice is just going to things like experiencing the good, bad and the ugly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, cause there's things I'm not going to like but that doesn't mean it's not worth my time. It's just not, this is not, I'm not going to get something out of it as much as the next person maybe. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I've been inspired by the bad art that I've seen, Yeah. you know, like I, I want more, I want different. I want people to push themselves into other directions or just be more confrontational about what you're actually talking about here. Like don't yeah. tip, like tiptoeing around certain sub subjects or, um, I don't know, like art should not be censored ever. Yeah. So sometimes I'm just like, go there like do it and I and I but I know why it's because it really hurts mm-hmm. when people don't understand it it's hard to talk about art mm-hmm. and it's hard to explain its relevancy when it's like so personal so and it's personal. so um, it's kind of like the fiber of our humanity in a lot of ways is how we treat individuals like artists that are making beautiful things for us to consume and yeah. we don't really do a good job at that no, so I'm trying to do better that's something that I actively try to do is support artists in all and capacities that I can at the time and usually showing up and just witnessing it and being there for them is the best thing we can do at the time
0: absolutely and also the easiest I mean pay
1: them don't get me wrong right. but...
0: but I mean we're all <laughs> we're all in this art. yeah we're all doing it we're or... all doing it yeah yeah but um the idea of supporting just by being there mm-hmm. I think is really important because it's especially in Seattle it's like dark and rainy for eight months of <sighs> the year. The dark year. time
1: here is here dude yeah, like I actually know. Like today. today.
0: <laughs> the end is here. Like it was
1: happening. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but it's so easy to get lost or get complacent in our own comfort bubble like oh I'll just Put on my snuggie and I'll watch Netflix and eat my block of cheese and I'll I'll all (laughs) winter. No, I'm doing this alone. Okay. (laughs) Fair. The point is, you can do that and have time to yourself, and it's also very easy to to just get in a habit of not leaving your house. Like we're all tired from working. Blah, 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 but... I love how this, like, turned into, like, you... Sad Girls Club. Like, yeah, I know, yeah, no, I love, no, 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 <laughs> no, it's
1: true. Like, but I totally understand, yeah. yeah, like, especially during times of year or when, you know, things just get busy for your immediate family or friends, like... I sincerely try to schedule it into mm-hmm. my life because, right. yeah, like, I no, can... No, it
0: needs to be planned
1: for. I'm human. Like, I want right. to eat cheap blocks of cheese. <laughs> like, I... i I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm not a monster. Like, I, you know, I want to watch, like, murder documentaries and, like, not leave the house sometimes, but, right. like... I know that that's not going to serve me in a great way in the long run. And also it's not going to serve artists either. And that's what I care about. So putting on pants and, you know, (laughs) going out and, and honestly, it's never a bad time. And yeah, we should. We should stop eating cheese. I think that's the root ne- of it. I yeah, <laughs> never kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I will. But you—you you brought
0: it. <laughs> you brought it um, around to what I was trying to say <laughs> is, while hashtag self care and being at home with yourself is important, so is participating in a community. Mm-hmm. And even if you, even if so- someone gave me this advice when I was. I had just moved to Seattle and I, um, asked her, who was it? Oh, it was Britt Karhoff who was, who hired me as a uh, Velocity's design intern. Mm-hmm. She was Velocity's uh, communications manager at the time. Okay. And we got coffee just to have a check-in and I asked her like, what's like, what's your advice for breaking into, the art scene here because I, I was working in the office. I was like, I was seeing artists all the time, but I still kind of felt like I was taking class. I still kind of felt disconnected, disconnected a little. And she, her advice was to keep showing up and show your face places. And you can like, just go to a show. You don't have to talk to anyone if you don't want to, but show that you're interested by with your body. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: just show your face and then you don't have to talk to anyone. You can leave right when it ends. Like just,
1: yeah. Yeah. Doing things by yourself is definitely something that takes time. Yes. And honestly, some of the easiest alone time I've ever had is when it involves art, you know, just Mm -hmm. like taking the personal space to like, you know, be around art making and think about the topics or the themes that they're discussing in the work. is Art's easy to do that by yourself.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> um, is. I mean, no. even if you're going... Like, you and I have been to Pioneer Square Art mm-hmm. Walk. And we were there together. But when we when we were in the galleries, we were both doing like our thing. Yeah, yeah we I'm were like the interested. worst to go to, like, museums That's and galleries. That's what I was trying but... to say. <laughs> I was trying to say, even though we were with our buddies, we each had our own singular experiences. Mm-hmm. And then we would walk to the next gallery together.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, like, talk about it. Right, and talk
0: about and recap what we had just seen. And and that was great to have a buddy, But it is, but it is, like you're saying, it's a singular experience. Mm-hmm. Totally. And we each had our own interpretations about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And we each had our own preferences for the things that were in the galleries
1: um yeah yeah it's interesting and you know with galleries especially you know capitalism it's like (laughs) you know there's i personally when money is not a problem i think it's best um and obviously like there's art walks like that that make these high ticketed items accessible to the general public, but there's elitism like elitism has pervaded the art sector since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So um I'm interested in more DIY. I'm interested in more um you know minimum money. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, not I mean it's it's a really difficult uh thing to talk about is how we like monetize experience and monetize art making. And, but there's so much, sorry, I'm just like going off. No, this is perfect. Like, how do I, I want to like think about how to word this correctly.
0: Um, well, while you're thinking, yeah. Um, so in, in another episode of this podcast, um, I talked to Caitlin McCarthy, mm-hmm. and she, I asked her about, she's a, an arts critic, and she is also a dance artist and maker herself, mm-hmm. and I asked her about, like, what do you, I asked her about art accessibility, mm-hmm. and, like, how not everyone likes weird art, <laughs> and she, her Why? her point essentially was, well, investigative art, which might be weird, which explores, like, Uncomfortable topics or new things, anything deemed like weird art is, um, is not well funded potentially mm-hmm. because weird art doesn't serve capitalism and investigation doesn't serve capitalism.
1: Mm-hmm. And especially experiences, mm-hmm. um, and performance, especially, I feel like it's really hard to justify that, which yeah. is really frustrating because yeah. it's, yeah because once it's gone it's gone it's not a it's not a product you yeah. can't take it home you can't show it off it's yeah. it's a feeling and it's an experience and um that's really difficult to sell to people especially yeah. when we're like constantly checking on on different experiences on our phone or on our computer yeah. or uh, we could like watch Netflix. Like you were mentioning, you know, yeah. like we have, there's so many more options in terms of quote unquote entertainment mm-hmm. that leaving your house, purchasing a ticket, supporting a, a like a live person that's right. like not that's dead fun. and like work is <laughs> right. in a museum or what right. have you. Um, yeah, there's some sort of disconnect that I don't really know why. And I want to know more about the psychology of that sincerely. Yeah. Um,
0: it also, I mean, this segues well into the project you're working on currently. Yeah, it does. Um,
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah. Weird. great. Yeah, I know it's so weird um, the questions are bringing up.
0: But so we're talking about <laughs> going to like a first Friday art walk in where you walk around galleries that are mostly like part of the reason that galleries participate in art walk is in order to make money is in order to get more people into their space to see all their art, weird or not, and to make purchases.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, with that being said, you're working on a project that is uh, per- both performance-based and visual art-based. Correct. Um, that is not in a gallery.
1: Yeah, so do you want to kind of talk a little bit about how yes. this came about? Okay, cool. I love that. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I was approached by a former professor of mine who was very generous. Um, they had recently, um, were moving and they didn't want to break their lease. So they offered me an opportunity to make a pop-up gallery space essentially in, um, a large apartment complex. Um, so, uh, I actually (laughs) just... discussing, we were kind of talking about, um, you know, co- like community. So I reached out to the people that I know and want to help make their art cause mm-hmm. I appreciate their art. Um, So the first artist that I contacted was Hanako Leary, who is actually another graduate of the MFA program. (laughs) Um, Yeah, plug in. Yeah, we're just doing (laughs) so much cool stuff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Hanako Ceramicist, who um, is currently or she's about to move to Pottery Northwest and be a resident artist there. Um, And their work uh, discusses primarily their biracial upbringing. Um, They're half white, half Japanese. And as well as just the complexities of womanhood and femininity and the power, the strength, and the grotesque of being a woman. Um, So they make large and small masks that are... Yoni shaped <laughs> um, or abstract of a vulva, and then they also do other um, ceramic pieces that are reminiscent of uh, different Japanese imagery and uh, stories, folklore. Um, so I'm really excited to have that work in the actual apartment space, um, and as well, they'll be doing a performative element. And then there's also, it's actually starting today, um, I'm working with Jordan uh, McIntosh Hoffman uh, with their Very Bad Residency. So Jordan is a choreographer and dancer from the area, um, and they do a, a piece called Bad, Bad, Bad that is a basically a site-specific tour of... Um, a space essentially. So we're using the apartment as the housing of this performance and them and their, um, dancers will do the performance throughout the building. So, um, I'm, I know I'm being a little bit vague about (laughs) this, the, what's actually occurring. It's because it's not in a proper gallery or art space. We're doing a soft takeover, as you will. So, (laughs) um, the complex doesn't know that we're doing this and it will happen when it happens. And we're doing this all through like Facebook and Eventbrite. So information in terms of times and location will be sent to people who want to attend the show and want to support Hanako and Jordan's work. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm basically making like a weird, portal like not a pun intended for Hanukkah's work but this art space that is in a non-traditional art space and utilizing facility and a really I think interesting way
0: I love it thanks
1: I I'm love, excited
0: I love the pop-up element and also that I love the like secrecy element. It's so. It's been a
1: little nerve wracking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I got this opportunity, I was really excited. Um, but then I was like thinking about all the logistical stuff of it because, especially like working in galleries and museums and nonprofits, it's like facility is kind of the one thing that you have guaranteed. And like right. you know what you're capable of and you right. know what the capacity is. But because right. it's in this. The home of many people, I need to be considered of that, but also um, we need to be considered of the artists and making it the most of service to them. So, right. um, in addition to the performance and the installations that we're going to create within the space, I'm also offering assistance within like grant writing and uh, documenting the work uh, for Jordan and Hanako.
0: Are you hiring like a photographer and a videographer? Are you, you're supporting them like in that capacity? Yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: um, Jordan actually has uh, several friends that are also uh, we're all creatives, you right. know, so we yeah. all have uh, resources and skills that we're kind of doing a trade off, if you will. Um, I have, like I was mentioning before, um, I'm very lucky and have a lot of friends that are supportive of my curatorial practice and supportive of the friends that I'm choosing to work with. So Mm -hmm. people have been really yourself included, like, hi. (laughs) Um, um, so yeah, we've kind of discussed, uh, goals that they want to accomplish while in residency and, um, basically how this opportunity to use facility in a interesting way could help them um, along the way in their next artistic adventures. So, yeah. um, for instance, Hanako has several exhibitions happening next year that this is kind of a acting as like an incubator or a laboratory for some of the performative pieces that she's working on. And then Jordan is also in the process of applying for residencies and fellowships outside of the Pacific Northwest and here as well. Um, yeah. So, I basically wanted to create a incubator or a laboratory to experiment. Cause I feel like a lot of artists don't get that, especially right. in a residency capacity. It's like, okay, I'm going to work on this project for this long. I'm going to make this product for this next show. And I just wanted to offer the space for them to use it in whatever way they wanted. Um, and then I was going to help along the way and give my advice and try to make it, um, strategically impactful on their career. Potentially. I would hope so. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what assembly is all about. It's about coming together and utilizing the generosity of someone that believes in me and I believe in them. And I just want to support their artistic journey. And I really believe in what their work represents and just the people that they are as well.
0: I mean, it's a perfect example of your your curatorial, like I what try, you what you'd like to do, and also not only that, like you aren't the person like overseeing; you are you're bringing together a community of people. Like like you're saying, like you you're using like the your professor. Mm-hmm. to be a resource, you you are using, as much as, like, Jordan and Hanako are using your skills, you're seeing what it's like to, like, be managing artists in a mm-hmm. project specifically, mm-hmm. and, like, how two people's themes overlap, and also getting connected with their networks, like, it, mm-hmm. it is, and you're kind of, like, also, like, with my network, like, we're all kind of,
1: what we're, am are trying to say we're, it's we're, a network. We're trying to. I think that we're talking in a very like sincere, like symbiotic relationship. Like as yeah. silly as that sounds, like I, I think especially within the art world, there's a lot of users and there's a lot of people that want to get certain things out of certain people to for their own career or, um, you know, there's a lot of like stealing that goes on within the art world, like from big corporations and fr- like yeah, that's, stealing creative labor is normalized right now. Right. And it just that's the way it is. And um being like having sincere intentions and setting expectations for myself and them is something that I was really um was really important to me. And uh, you know, wanting to be like like I was mentioning before, like of service to them during this time. Like I have this opportunity, someone has been so generous with me. I want to be doing the same and I want to continue working with you in the future um, right. because I, like I mentioned, I, cause I like their work and right. I like who they are right. and they're, they're cool and they're nice. Yeah. Love you, Jordan <laughs> Hanako. You guys yeah. are great. Um,
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So Jordan, this bad, 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 they've done it. Like it went to TBA last year. Is that right? Did I it go to? I don't know. No, winter risk reward. Yes. last Yeah. Year in I,
1: Portland. Correct. Yeah. They've been, they've performed here and or Seattle and in Portland as well. Um, they also use technology in some of the iterations of Bababab by using like cameras and, um, other technology devices. Um, so yeah, their all, their work is really about like queering experiences through their non-binary fem lens. And also, uh, discussing like the anxiety that comes with art making and anxiety that comes with just like being an authoritative space. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, like I feel like Hanako and Jordan's work though, they not, they may not seem like similar in terms of like the visceral like themes of their work or their medium. They're really discussing like common human experiences and um, how that is, Reiterated through different modes of storytelling, whether it's like monologue and moving around space and, you know costumes and what have you and with Hanako hers is much more fine craft based of like this ritual of like researching a story becoming fascinated with it making 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 and then having it in product Mm -hmm. when like Jordan's is when they're done they're done um
0: yeah but both are iterative totally this is maybe the third or fourth time yeah Jordan's done a bad 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 thing Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and
0: um Hanako's work is iterative like totally saying yeah,
1: like the masks, the, the, yeah, there's a lot of repetition and there's a lot of exploration and, um, working with what they have and making it better, even though it's so bad, 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 just kidding. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, I see a lot of similarities in their work, um, in terms of how they work as Mm -hmm. well, which I find really interesting.
0: Yeah. Had the two of them met before?
1: No. Mm-hmm. Have they met now? Yeah, we okay. have met several yeah, <laughs> okay. we've all met several times. We kind of had a meeting together when we went over the space and like I said we kind of like started planning out Hanako's exhibition. And then uh Jordan's is September 22nd. Um from from 7:30 to 9:30. That's a Sunday. Um So yeah, that's what I've been up to and that's assembly. Yay. Yay! I'm so yeah. excited. Thank you. I'm excited too. It's been a really fun project and it's been really great to get to know um, these people more. And outside of the friendship and the interactions we've had with each other, it's been really amazing to discuss their work with them more in depth.
0: Yeah. So you met Jordan through working at On the
1: Boards together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jordan and I were both um, interning there. Uh, and they're still actually working um, at On the Boards currently.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. And then how did you get connected with
1: Hanako? Hanako, I met when I was curating a show for the Seattle arts and uh, arts leadership conference that our school put on every other year. Um, So it was an alumni and current student show. And Mm -hmm. we reached out to um, all alumni and Hanako has been exhibiting a lot throughout Seattle. And we really liked her presence. We really would like her presence in the show. Um, and I was like, honestly, like I was following her on Instagram way before I yeah. met her. Um, cause I thought her work was really beautiful and interesting. Um, so I actually met her at the opening of that show and just said like, Hey, great to finally meet you. And then I think we ran into a f- each other a few times and then she was, she actually had a studio, um, visit. I had a studio visit with her a few months ago and I just said, you know, I really like you and I like your work and I wanna like see if we could work in some capacity and then this opportunity has presented itself and I wanted to um reach out to her about that.
0: Nice. That's why you show up to
1: stuff. That's why you show up. That's why you say hi. Yeah. I have no problem like, unfortunately, communicating (laughs) with strangers. Um so yeah, just putting myself out there and like, I don't know, I feel like artists put themselves out there enough that if you can't reciprocate in some capacity by just acknowledging that their work means something to mm-hmm. you and if it does like don't lie but like
0: right <laughs> um, that I, I see you yeah like yeah. I
1: think that's important that's it's validating and then you know doing as much as you can to like continue that and um, continue that conversation help them continue the conversation they're having with the art world
0: yeah So moving on a little, um, your your bio talked about a few of your past projects like with the Hadreen Gallery and the Jacob Lawrence Gallery at UW. Um, Can you talk about uh, any other projects that you're working on currently?
1: Yeah, um, so as I've also been working on this, on Assembly, I've been working with an artist named Dan Paz, who is a lens-based artist here in Seattle. They were from Chicago originally and have been in Seattle for the past couple years. Um, they do documentary work, filmmaking, and photography. And the project they're working on right now is associated with Creative Justice, which is an arts alternative to incarceration for youth um, so I'm sure you, and I know a lot of people in Seattle have been reading about the youth detention center that's being built on, mm-hmm. um, in Capitol Hills, uh, first hill area. And Dan witnessed basically the build, the whole building of this unit and, um, found out some really disturbing information regarding the architecture of incarceration facilities and the lack of. <laughs> Just humanity that is yeah. involved in those facilities in multiple ways. So, um, I've been assisting Dan in several capacities with um, this exhibition that's opening at the Hadreen that's going to have portraiture of many of the kids' uh, families, and um, also working in capacity with having a community dinner at the Hadreen with the youth that are involved with creative justice and their families. Um, so yeah, talking about prison abolition, abolition, and uh, specifically youth incarceration has been on my mind um, a lot this summer. And honestly, I feel like if it's gonna, if I'm gonna be thinking about it, it's gonna be happening now because yeah. given the state of the world and given how we treat um, children of color, I'm tired of it. And <laughs> I will, and honestly, I feel like art is a vehicle for change. And uh, Dan is very passionate about this work and has a lot of personal attachment to this work, so it's been really amazing and special to be part of that with them. Yeah, when is that exhibition? I am blanking on it right now. Great, but it's <laughs> we'll get well. well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe I believe it's September seventeenth. Okay. I will double check with you though about Great. that. It's Great. been the date's been kind of up in the air, but Got it. um. Yes. soon soon imminently very soon i'll let you know great yeah
0: yeah. i'd love to tell everyone please when that is yeah there's i've seen some around. of the
1: images already and it's really impactful and mm-hmm. important and honestly it's you know we're teaching dan is teaching kids some amazing skills too so photography light shadow you know basic yes. design skills it's pretty amazing
0: yeah that is amazing I have one more question. Give it to me. Is it, and it is, is there anything we didn't talk about or any loose ends mm-hmm. that we touched on that you'd like to wrap up? Mm-hmm. Anything, anytime I interrupted you oh, you're we like, so many listen, times. I need to talk about this.
1: Well, before. I just kind of want to like reiterate, honestly, come some of the, like the common theme that I feel like we were talking about was just engagement with mm-hmm. our fellow community and showing up for one another. And Uh, you know not to be a downer on the end of the podcast (laughs) i'm really thankful you gave me the opportunity to talk about this um you know i just feel like now more than ever we need to be asking people how they're doing and asking how we can help one another especially when we're artists and people don't respect our time and effort sometimes just you know checking in with our friends checking in with our community showing up together um, I think that's something that's really important and it's something that I want to practice what I preach. So if anyone ever wants to go see some art, let me know, call, call me, yeah. I, I will put my number on the top. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> no, I want to do that to you. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, but yeah, I think that if making a conscious effort to support our friends and support the people that work is trying to, um, trying to promote change and change for the better is something that we should all be working towards and thankfully like Seattle has a lot of amazing people that are doing amazing work yeah. and important work and just showing up is half the battle so let's do it and yeah. I hope to see you there at the at assembly and there's gonna be so much good art this fall i like already I already know so
0: already in your calendar it's
1: in my like yeah actually i'm like waiting (laughs) for the strangers like huge magazine full of all the art yes Yes. i'm ready i'm like ready to do like the circling the highlighting (laughs) you know texting all y'all about making dates to go see things (laughs) so
0: love it yeah find a buddy find an art buddy do it
1: Assemble people. Assemble people. Let's do it. Yeah. Thanks very much for, for having me. Thank you for being thanks here. Thanks for letting me a fr- be a friend. And
0: yeah, thanks be for being a- my friend. And <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> for being my art buddy. Thanks. And thanks for the work you're doing. Thank you. I really hope I hope you enjoy. It. I
1: hope that you come, and I hope my friends come, and <laughs> hope that people that listen to the podcast will come and see Hanako and Jordan's work as well. Yes. Thank you.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Sharpest Knives Podcast is created, edited, and produced by me, Maris Antolin, and partially supported by the Seattle Office of Arts and Culture. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash sharpestknivespodcast, or find us on Instagram at sharpestknivespodcast. And you can follow along and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash sharpestknivespodcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments and your questions and suggestions for future guests. Email us at sharpestknivespodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.